Tonight on the podcast, we're getting you caught up on all that James Gunn DC drop goodness. We got other geek news, and we fill you in on what we've been up to for the last week. It's Friday night in Phoenix, you know what that means. You're locked right into the Absolute Geek Podcast, and let's punch go it right now. It is Friday night in Phoenix. That's right. Home of the Super Bowl. <laughs> You're listening to the best damn Super podcast Bowl. in all the land. Fuck? The Absolute Geek Podcast. <laughs> I am Matt. I'm Lance. And I'm JP. Yes, as all of the out-of-town mouth breathers descend on Phoenix for Super Bowl Sunday, we take a moment to say, get off our lawns. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. Welcome. Please spend your money. We're we're willing to take it. <laughs> Unless you're a Packers fan. Yeah, well. They'll probably you know, still be around those guys. They're like sitting right where the Steelers are, at home on the couch. Yeah, well, they're so, no more right Aaron where Rogers. the Cardinals are, right where everyone except the Kansas City Chiefs and the um, Philadelphia Eagles are. I'm excited to watch Eagles fans eat horse shit in person live when the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Did they, did they offer that? that reference. So when the Eagles last or once last or won their last Super Bowl, I can't talk already. Um, <laughs> live TMZ showed an Eagles fan live bend down and just take a big old pile of horseshit off the ground and just start eating it. So <laughs> that's uh, all up. Eagles fans eat horse shit. So we'll get to watch them eat horse shit live in person because they're probably winning the Super Bowl. We'll see about that. Kansas City shouldn't even be there. The Happy birthday. My name is Kyle. Congratulations on finally being 18. Joe's Doolin. Good evening, sir. Nice as a polka dot man, it looks like. Evening, gentlemen, and Lance. <laughs> so Kyle's officially able to watch the show now. Yep. You're not a gentleman, nice. Lance. You're just Lance. I'm just Lance. What's up, guys? What's been going on? What are we, uh, how's everything going with you guys? It's been like, Works kicking my ass. Tell me about it. We're not here for that. We're here to have a good oh, time. I know. It's supposed to be us getting away from work, huh? Mm-hmm. Hello to my yeah. beautiful wife. I was uh, in the Berg, the home of the Steelers, for a couple days last week and this week. And I hit some LCSs, and I was quite excited about uh, what I – not. Well, I didn't find anything great, but – it was fun to actually have an LCS to go to. He has no stones to bust, sir. For a second, I thought you said I hit some LSD. <laughs> thought about I said, it. Whoa, this, JP. This is a, book that this is a family show. <laughs> right now, Kyle can actually see a book like this. You guys ever <laughs> see this one before? This is an awesome cover. You're not My new favorite cover. Distributing pornography to minors anymore, JP? So not anymore. Saying? I'm done. Turned over. Uh, His one buyer is now 18, so he don't. He's out of. He's out of a job. 
I got that one this week, so that was a nice little deal. I actually did some pickups this week. Um, went to some some LCSs and uh, I got nothing. I mean, out of the nothing major. Like I got a uh, ASM six thirty seven, the death of Madam Web and the first appearance of the new Madam Web, and then I got an amazing Spider Man what two fifty eight, the first appearance of the bombastic Bagman. So I'm specking nice. heavy on Bombastic Bagman with the Edge of Spider-Verse or Across the Spider-Verse coming. What'd you get for that one? What'd you pay for that one? I paid 25 bucks. Nice. Nothing, nothing too terrible. So I got the, the first appearance of the Madam Web for a steal. So goes for about uh, 45 to 50 bucks on the line. And I got it for 10. So I'm specking hard on. Mr. Blue Beetle. Uh, yes. Very that nice. one I picked up. And uh, I found a grail for 10 bucks. <laughs> is that the is that the, the facsimile loot. or is that the loot crate one? The loot crate one. I have all right. the Detective Comics and the and the more fun comics loot crate, so I figured I'll just finish all three. I might get them all graded just to have them to show up, you know, to put on the wall because they're they're cool looking. But yeah. It's always nice to find a deal, find a nice little deal out there at the LCS. Blue balls, beetle. Welcome, Lopez. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I mean, that's the first like books I've bought other than weekly readers in a, in a while. So now, why did you buy the bombastic Spider-Man one? Because he's the gonna FOMO be. Uh, huh? The FOMO got to you? No, 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 no. I, I for one, am not a person who chases FOMO like. I, I mean, I already have the first appearance of Damian Wayne and all that stuff. So when when he dro- when Dunn dropped his news, I was like, "All right, cool. I've already got all this stuff." So except the booster gold, but I'm not a I big do. gold fan. But um, the no, the FOMO doesn't bother me. It's just an issue of Amazing Spider-Man I didn't have, and I've passed on it several times. And I was like, "I'm just gonna pick it up. It was twenty five bucks. No big deal." I'll just grab it, help out my local shop a little bit, pick up something I don't have, still runs. Um, and then, you know, you get to see the bombastic Bagman in the trailer for the new Spider-Verse movie. So it's like, hey, why not uh, to kill, kill two birds with one stone? Fill it hey, uh, half and uh, a little bombastic Bagman. You going to flip it when it goes, when it's 50 bucks? No, 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 no. I'm not much of a flipper, dude. Like my my collection is all stuff that I like to read. So I'm not much of a flipper. Like if I'm flipping books, it's because there's either a something I really really want, or that's pretty much it. Or b if I start selling books like crazy, you're gonna probably be like, oh man, he lost his job, or someone needs a surgery or something. Because <laughs> I don't like to I don't like to sell books. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. A, so. Sometimes if I get it. Like I always say, good margin on a book, I'll sell it. But most part, I like to, you never know when something's going to pop or you might want to read it. Not that I'm a big reader. I just, I <laughs> like the cover. Somebody so. say flipper. <laughs> no, I just, I, I'm like, I guess I, I wouldn't say I'm like the, the worst at it. Cause I'll be like, oh, I could, you know, something will be announced. I was like, well, I have that. I could sell that right now. And, you know, I'm supposed to be doing the, what's the big thing for collectors do you, you sell off books, you get to buy bigger and better books, right? But I'm like, well, if I sell this book, then 
I don't have it anymore. And then what if it goes up in price and then I have to pay twice what I paid for it the first time? And especially yeah. if I get it on like like case in point, um, Edge of Spider-Verse 2, the first appearance of Spider-Gwen. I bought that book, cover price, from the comic shop. It's a 9.8. I've got it graded. And I could have pulled the trigger to sell it 100 times. And I'm like, because I really want an ASM 129. So I was like, I could have pulled this trigger a couple times. And I'm, every time I do it, but I'm like, but it's a $2,000 book. And when I do that, then I have to spend $2,000 on it. And I already bought it for $3.99. <laughs> and I don't want to do this. So it's a hell of a, man, that's a hell of an up. It is. Margin that book. Christ. It is. I try. I was, like I said, I was trying to pull the trigger on it to get an ASM 129 5.0. Beautiful copy. It could have been a higher grade. The only thing that was wrong with it is that it had tape on the back. Like someone like stuck tape, like they were trying to bag and board it. And the tape stuck to the back of it, so it gave it a 5.0. And I was like, ah, man. And I and I just I couldn't do it. It's just like the worst part of me is like, I can't. If I get rid of that book, then I have to rebuy it, and I don't want to rebuy it. So I'll just sit on my comics and hand them down to my daughter, who will probably sell them the <laughs> second I die. So, you know. Yep. Well, do you like that Edge of Spider Verse that much to keep it? Like, oh, well, I mean. I still think that the sky's the limit on on Spider Gwen, just like Miles, man. I think Miles, the sky's still the limit on Miles. I think sky's still the limit on on Spider Gwen. We haven't even seen the peak of Spider Gwen yet because she's only been in the animated stuff. If she comes in live action, if she shows up in a Marvel movie or better yet, a Sony movie like live action, I think that book still has a lot of ceiling left to it. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, just well, like Miles, I think Miles we haven't even seen the peak of miles yet. Like miles still has so much ceiling. I agree with that one. Same with spider Gwen, but would I rather have an ASM 129 or a spider verse two or both? Yeah. I guess you can have both. If you get lucky. See, I've That's got the tough that. Part. I've got that too, Joe. Joe says I have plenty of indie series. I'd love to unload, but it's no longer worth the effort due to how fast indie books fall in value after a pop. It, I, got that same really indie book wise if it's not like spawn the walking dead number one probably saga number one like if it's not like a number one of like something that's popped off like paper girls i don't even think paper girls number one is are that expensive anymore nope. um, it's real hard for those indie books to to stay up there retain uh yeah darth lopez says a little extra money i made off the super girls will now pay for most of my art germ ver- virgins since uh sins of sinister nice i did actually i lied i got another pickup but i've got it let me see if i can get it real quick i got i got it pressing because have you noticed i don't know if you had you've noticed but i think um joe and, and lopez might when you get new books and maybe it's just my lcs like the bags and boards are now curved and i hate that i hate that the bags and boards are curved so like I want them to be flat be? and pristine. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the way it's packaged. Like, here, let me let me grab some. You guys talk amongst yourself. Let me grab some stuff real quick, and I'll I'll show you what I'm talking about. So how you doing, Lance? I'm good, man. I'm working on a logo for Absolute Game of Nerds. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm using. I got a. I made an image with knuckle tattoos that say Absolute. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yes, sir. But uh, 
yeah, man. So, um, so I, I'm assuming you're picking the Eagles to win. No, I like Patty Mahomes. I don't. I'm not a. I don't dislike hurt Jalen Hurts or the Eagles. I have some family members who are big Eagle Eagle fans, and since they're a Pennsylvania team, I probably should root for them. But I'm torn. I don't really have a team as of yet. Which one to pick? I Kansas City. I'm just sick and tired of. Three Super Bowls in the last four years. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, it's like the Patriots. But he only won one of them, so it isn't like... Yeah, but I yeah, but I just want to see... I really wanted to see Cincinnati there and see them win one. I always root for the teams that never Don't win. Don't have them yet. Mm-hmm. So, like, all right, this is fresh out of a pack of bags because I just bought a bunch to rebag and board my collection. But, like, you can see that. Maybe you can't see it. Like, but can you see- Oh, I can see it, yeah. At the top, it is curved. No, it's, it's, it's like a. Oh yeah. So I bought this. It it does it to the book. So I got this Boss Logic, Last Ronin Lost Years number one. Variant cover, and it it like, the book starts to curve because of the bagging board, and it drives me nuts. So, so I I bought some from Ish's shop, and they weren't curved. I had this sitting under a stack of like, actually I had it in my printer and the scanner part was stuck on top of it, trying to flatten it out. But <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. It curves. It drives me nuts. If you, if you use a blow dryer on it, get it hot. Well, you, obviously you don't want to do that with the book in there, but, <laughs> and then stack heavy stuff on it. It should flatten it out. Yeah. Cause they have like those bagging boards kind of have like a little plasticky, like, it's not just straight cardboard, right? No, well, the I mean it's got the like board a white. Is. Yeah, but it's got like the the dye that they use to turn that white should heat up enough to where if you put something heavy on it, it it'll. Yeah, it would it. be just like basically they call it cooking a book, but I don't want to do that to that cover. So that's why I was. Well, like, I'm just saying, just do it, it to the board and then slide the board in once you flatten it. Yeah, I've thought about trying to throw it in a, a tight short box too. Joe, I just don't want to like run the risk of damaging the book. So, so I was like, oh, Where'd maybe. You buy them from? What's that? Where'd you buy them from? I bought it online through Boss Logic, through his store. Oh, oh they said that. Sorry. So, yeah, it's uh, limited to 1984, and I got 805 of 1984. It's a sweet cover. It's got all the, it's got Michelangelo with all the different headbands on. Shells all oh, nice. Put together and stuff. So now, did you mention Sins of the Sinister or something like that? Um, that's what uh Darth Lopez was saying is that he he wants to buy all the art germ variants for uh Sins of Sinister, the new series that's just started out. Joe, I, I just spent cover. so much money on bags and boards, and I don't want to be like, oh shit, let me just go buy more boards because of this, like. What'd you spend on um, twenty bucks? On bags and board, and like thirty bucks, ten dollars for the, like ten dollars for the bag, and like I want to say nineteen or twenty on the boards, something like that. <laughs> That's insane. But yeah, last time, last I bought were Silver Age ones for twenty bucks for bags and boards, a hundred each. It just seems like my- all of, everything I get from like BCS is like that though, where it's all like warped and. 
it's hard. Well, my uh, the the a guy that has a a game store near me, I told him what I was spending for bags and boards, and he's like, "Oh my god, twenty dollars! I can get him for so much cheaper because you know I'm I can get him wholesale." I said, well, "What can you get him for?" He's like, "Well, like 16 I'm like, "That isn't like the best. I have to drive up here to get him." Then I said, "I just get him delivered right to my house. That's not a great deal." And then I called him to see if he had him in because he told me he'd get him. And I'm like, well, I don't need him and I'm going to be in town. I don't have him yet and I need him. I, I'm going to be in town. And I got him and they suck in regard to your book. It doesn't, the bag is too big for the board, <laughs> the ones he gave me. And then the book moves around. It's not a tight fit. I'll, I'll never buy those ones again. So I, I have no problem buying from Amazon from uh, whoever, I think it's BCS does the Silver Age books. And they were a good price. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'll do. But that's that's just my my dilemma is like I bag yeah, versus vigilante. Yeah. But it's it's got, the rough life of a collector, I guess. Yeah, when you trade you are you changing everything out, your old ones, or just have too many books that aren't bagged or boarded that you need all those for? Um. Yeah. I just every uh, every once in a while, I'll trade. I'll trade out my old ones. Like part of me really wishes I didn't have a hard time selling my stuff because I've got so much crap that I want to just unload. And I'm just like, I just the collector in me can't do it because I think of like the time and effort I spend into picking this, getting these books, and digging through books. And it's just like, do I really want to get rid of this stuff? But I'm just like, I'm like, oh, I'll just. And my wife, God bless her soul, is just like, oh well we'll just move to a bigger house and i'm like yeah well okay that's we're just gonna keep moving to a bigger house every time my collection expands huh and so it's usually you do that because of kids not because yeah. of comic books right yeah and i'm like i'm like all right well maybe i'll just stop buying weekly readers and then i'm like oh well you know i'm into these stories i'm invested and so do i want to keep do i want to stop like usually I'll jump off a book when a run ends. So if they're like, Oh, well, this is the end of this run. We're going to start with a new creative team and a new number one. That's what I'm like. All right. And I'll bail out, but it's hard. It really is hard. Well, that's your, I, I go out, I stop and I look at, you know, antique stores or I was at the LCS a couple times. It's like a chain. So they have six different stores and you go and you start looking find some stuff 10 bucks here five bucks here you like a run like you were saying and just it's hard to stop and then it, it just pile up so yeah they do quick because like this whole closet behind me is full of boxes behind my door is full of boxes it's just like uh, i'm drowning in comic stuff but and is it all ten dollar books five dollar books dollar books i mean it's a lot of it is i mean i've got my core books like my core stuff is in this closet here and then just like the the modern stuff that's not going that's not even worth what I pay for it now and <laughs> so just like my weekly reader stuff and cuz I'm not like my my way of collecting is much different than yours like you and Rohan would go after keys you're key hunting and I I don't do that I'm more of a I like to read them because I like them and so I I kind of collect everything like even weekly readers like my i go to the shop every wednesday buy books every wednesday like it's just <laughs> kind of collect I mean, i could care less about key hunting because you never know what's going to pop off you know 
No, and it, I so. think for me, it's more the that book popped and I found it the next week. So that's a cool thing. But I try to read. I kept. I I was away this weekend, and I brought. I got the Dark Knight, like a, the reprint or something. I was going to read this while nice. I was away because I really want to read this run because I have a couple of the um, issues, but I have the graphic, you know, the novel there. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I want to mm. read them, but I I don't. I just can't. So. Uh, I don't have any runs of anything, so I, I I cheers to you for doing that. So, what do you think, JP? I like it. It's way better than that shit you were using, huh? <laughs> well, well, how are you going to insult the man's artistic abilities? Like, you found a picture Jesus. and put words on it. <laughs> hey, that's all right. Rohan, that's all right. Rohan did that. It wasn't me. <laughs> At least he tried. You know. <laughs> I mean, just no, think of all the people. JP just admitted. On... JP just admitted he didn't try anything. It was it was Rohan. <laughs> yeah, Rohan did. I mean, that like I said, I tried. it goes back to saying you never know what's going to pop off. Imagine all the people sitting on Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow stuff, and now all of a sudden, like it's popping off. You know, so yeah, they're sold out of it everywhere, and it's all going crazy. But I don't know. I, I... The <laughs> first world collector problems, I guess, right? Yeah, it's tough to keep up these movies. I don't know if they're going to move books or not. That's uh, I guess we'll get into it with James Gunn, but I am I am disappointed. You're disappointed. Disappointed on on fifty fifty of it. I think. Oh man, yeah, I think you're the gonna, first person I've heard to disappointed. Well, because he spent a bunch of money on books, and now they're yeah, not going to well, be worth shit. True. All right, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's just, go just ahead. Say and it as it Gunn. is. Yeah. Just say it how Talk it is, James buddy. Gunn. Let's go ahead and get into it. Yes, yes, we are starting off with the rebirth of the DC film universe. Rebirth. DC Studios has revealed its full slate of movies and TV projects coming soon under the leadership of James Gunn and Peter Safran. The list includes five feature films and five television series for HBO Max, headlined by two Batman movies and a Man of Steel reboot, Superman Legacy in 2025, which is the only one of these movies in the, the lineup, the James Gunn lineup, that has a release date. Um, the lineup includes some of the comic publishers most recognizable and famous heroes and franchises as well as some offbeat choices which shouldn't surprise any familiar anyone familiar with James Gunn's resume which include 2022's HBO show Peacemaker and Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. So yes, we got the announcement of Superman, um Legacy, Batman Brave and the Bold, Swamp Thing, Waller, Lanterns, The Authority, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, Creature Commandos, Booster Gold and Paradise Lost. That's a mouthful. Um, DC Studios has refreshed its model following a multitude of leadership changes. Uh, Co-CEO Chairman Peter Safford said schedules for the upcoming movies and television slates will adjust as more new projects develop. So first of all, what did you see or what did you think of this announcement of these? Well, JP these already gave a little a little uh, sneak peek of how he feels about it. It's like, I just threw down hundreds of dollars on Lobo, and there's no Lobo in there. <laughs> well, the door to Lobo wasn't necessarily shut, but they do say that 
they Peter Stafford did say that these char- these actors will not be playing multiple characters in this universe. So if you're playing one character, that's who you're playing. So basically, if they continue on having Jason Momoa play Aquaman, then he won't be playing Lobo until his uh, until uh, they're done with Aquaman completely. And I heard that they're going to make an Aquaman three. I don't know where I <laughs> read that at or heard it yeah, at. Yeah, don't that, that would don't read too much into with. that yet because. I mean, you also have James Gunn calling the Flash the the most like the best superhero movie he's ever seen. This is a guy who made Guardians of the Galaxy and all these Marvel movies, and he's calling the Flash this dumpster fire of a movie that's been coming out for what feels like the last ten years now. It the best superhero movie he's ever seen. Yeah, I don't. Am I, I don't tripping get... balls, or is Clark Griswold standing in JP's room? He is. <laughs> he is. So I didn't have him for Christmas, so I brought him out for today. <laughs> on He's staring at me, man. <laughs> on staring at my blog, Saffron and fellow studio lead James Gunn detailed their uh, raft of plans for the rebooted DCU and many of the projects featuring uh, featured within this universe. According to Saffron, their plans will be to unveil in chapters as they rebuild the DCU from scratch, which chapter one is called Gods and Monsters. Insisting there will be more timeline uh, flexibility as they introduce new movies and TV shows to their uh, developing lineup. That was uh, starting with today is the first part of the first chapter in our universe, Saffron said. That first chapter is called Gods and Monsters, as I just said. Many of the following projects are already being worked on, but we're remaining flexible and they're going to adjust because we're never going to put a project into production before the script is right. Um so that's good, at least, I guess. They're saying that James Gunn's been on record as saying that the last re- regime, basically, in kinder words, were led by a bunch of jokers who had no idea about these characters and no idea what they were doing, which we all already kind of knew. Yeah, it seems like, just judging by some of the the titles that he announced, that James Gunn has a little bit of knowledge about some more obscure lines, right? Well, it's James Gunn doing, he's steering into the curve of James Gunn. He's, he's doing mm-hmm. what's made him his money. He's doing, he's steering into his bread and butter. He's taking obscure characters. Nobody knows a damn thing about, and he's trying to hit a home run right off the rip because like I said, taking these, we, we've been saying it all along, taking the obscure characters. Nobody knows about, and bring him to the the big screen. Nobody really knew Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to since this news came out. They're like, who are the creature commandos? <laughs> who the hell is the authority? And it's like, all right. So, you know, they don't know who these people are. And so it's like, you know, he's he's trying to hit that home run. And it's like I said, and I've been saying since James Gunn, we got the news that James Gunn was taking over. He said, I'm writing. So right now we know um, Creatures Commandos is done. It's going to be animated. That's done. He wrote it. And their their whole shtick is to have the same people that voice the animation play these characters in real life. So that means and Weasel's supposed to be in it, right? Weasel, yes. So he, he's already come brother. out and said, he's already come out and said Weasel's coming. And Weasel's his brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. So as I said, when we got first got this news, I said they're gonna come out hot. James Gunn is gonna direct, 
and write the first movie and it's probably going to be Superman. Yes, it is Superman. He is writing it. He's probably going to end up directing it, but Henry Cavill is not part of it. So, of course, he's going to come out swinging by making sure his hand and his you know, fingers are the first one to touch this universe. Which is funny because you were saying how he's going into obscurity and the first thing he's tackling is Superman. Well, he, yeah, he's giving you a, a slow, um, a younger Superman. And I have my theories on this. <clears throat> like, we'll get into it. A, uh, well, I'll get into it a little bit. So my theory here is that he's writing that, that Superman legacy. The story is about Kal-El, about Superman. But I don't know necessarily that the movie is going to be about Clark Kent. I think it's going to be about the legacy of Superman and title. So I wouldn't be surprised if you look at another book you got sitting here in Batman Brave and the Bold. And the introduction of Damian Wayne. A lot of, you know, the talk was with James Gunn wants to go younger. He wants to go younger. So he's going to cast younger people. Well, hold up. Brave and the Bold, if they're bringing Damian Wayne, who's Batman's son, you can't really go that much younger for Bruce Wayne. So even though it's not Ben Affleck, they're going to have to look for someone in his late 30s, early 40s, mid 40s, around that kind of age gap for Batman. So if they're going younger... What if it's actually Jonathan Kent that Superman legacy is about, and it's a movie about him having to live up to the legacy of the title of Superman? Because remember, you're just speculating on a picture that James Gunn put up on the screen and what he says it's going to be about, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to all be about Kal-El. So what if that focuses more a little bit on both him and Jonathan Kent and the legacy of being Superman in that title? And then spins off into Super Sons with Robin, and you kind of get all this stuff going on. And I've seen a lot of people say, well, I've seen one channel say that they think that um, Brainiac is going to be the big bad, the big Thanos level event that these are leading to. They've been wanting to bring a decent Brainiac since Nick Cage movie. Well, they um, said the Lanterns movie is supposed to be the help with the long supposed to that's supposed to tell the story of what they want the overall um direction to be where that where this whole phase is going to go or this first chapter so i i don't know if which if the lantern comes out before uh superman legacy or or what but i think that whatever direction that lanterns is supposed to play a big role in that they're all supposed to be connected but that's supposed to be one that's going to be See, more Lanterns, tech. Lanterns is the one I'm looking most, most forward to because it's Hal Jordan, Jonathan Stewart, and they're saying that it's going to be like a true detective. Like if you ever watch HBO's True Detective, a true detective type story set on Earth. So that gets me super excited for that. But yeah. part of me, like, as though I can get behind the Brainiac theory and that there's this big bad there, part of me thinks as a fan, can't help but think like what's the biggest storyline in dc history that every time they need a reboot every time something's going wrong they fall back on can either of you tell me 
Crisis, exactly. Yes. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Crisis on this. Crisis on that. So I wouldn't be surprised if their first big bad event is is something like Crisis level. And part of me thinks that if you're trying to mimic Marvel and you want to go big bad, why would you go Brainiac? Why wouldn't you do like Doomsday? No. Well, they did. Well, they did Doomsday. Somebody. They did. did do Doomsday in the in the Snyderverse. Yes, they did. But and Darkseid was supposed to be part of it, and he wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Even in it until they did the the Snyder cut, right? But so he could be the guy they bring in, right? He could be, yeah. But well, in in Dark Side is kind of like the T- DC's version of Thanos, right? Yes, essentially, yes. But would that seem like they're too much fo- trying to follow the Marvel world or Marvel um, storyline? And because they already brought Dark Side in, even though he wasn't really part of that initial cut with josh whedon but they brought him into the snyder cut the four-hour version um i don't know how many people saw it or if that's canon or not i don't i guess it doesn't matter at this point but do they want to does james gunn want to follow marvel verbatim probably not so joe Dillon said wouldn't flash be the mini crisis as it's the movie that sets the reboot so here so if you remember flashpoint in the comic books what spawned at a flashpoint because the flashpoint's a story where, for anybody who doesn't know, Barry Allen goes back in time to try and save his mother, and everything that can go wrong goes does. It's like a Murphy's Law thing. That's when you get, you know, Bruce Wayne's not Batman; it's Thomas Wayne, and so <clears throat> it it they used Flashpoint to spawn New Fifty Two, right? So it makes sense that they're going to use the Flash movie, which they're already saying is supposed to be based off Flashpoint to spawn this new DCU. So and he kind of said in his in his little spiel that the flash was going to be like the jumping point, right? Well, yeah, it moves into he Blue alluded. Beetle, which moves into Shazam, which moves into Aquaman. The official reset movie for the new unit for his officially led universe is Sp- Superman Legacy. That's the yeah, the official jump on point. But that's just me like this slate right here, like you, I guess you could say Brainiac because there's stuff, you know, that Brainiac is part of in a lot of this and he's part of um, Super Sons and stuff like that. But like, you got to remember this a 10 year plan and this is only the first chapter of it. So, I mean, and when I sit here and look at this, there's not a whole lot that jumps out at me that, you know, I can kind of be like, pinpoint this pinpoint that pinpoint this pinpoint that so i'm probably way off base but i'm just like thinking like what's that one event that is going to get everybody to come to the theaters that's a a comic book crisis and it's crisis i mean the wb tried to or cw or whatever the hell their name is tried to revamp their whole Arrowverse by using crisis yeah that went over well didn't it yeah a lot of people tune in for that but they stopped they didn't watch after it yeah. But the good thing that's exciting me about the DC the new DC universe too is that they don't have that Marvel PG thirteen restriction. So we also got the announcement for Swamp Thing. And DC's upcoming Swamp Thing reboot, I wasted no time at all in finding a director with James Mangold already reportedly eyed for the job. The director behind 2017's genre bending superhero movie Logan, 
is in discussions to direct and develop DC Universe's Swamp Thing reboot movie, uh, reported THR. This news was foreshadowed yesterday when Mangle tweeted a piece of artwork by Swamp Thing co-creator <clears throat> Bernie uh, Wrightson. Oh, man. Throws dry. While fans looking... Uh, took... Well, fans took <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> this to mean that Mangold was merely interested in the project. It appears uh, to have been a tease for an announcement that news also follows the recent announcement that DC Studios upcoming chapter one phase of the film, a uh, new adaptation of the iconic cam- character franchise. So remember, it's gods and monsters. So we have um, the creature commandos. They're all monsters. And then swamp thing can fall under that monster so you're gonna have swamp thing a little horror in it and i'd be cool i'm so stoked if if this goes hard r so do you think with swamp thing coming in and batman also being announced in that chapter one that poison poison ivy might be an antagonist during chapter one no i don't know because aren't swamp thing and poison ivy kind of closely associated with each other no, not really. Because I thought, anyways, don't they? Don't they have kind of like a? I'm trying to find something to compare. They have it a to. similar like power set. Yeah, but don't they both feed into kind of like the Flash has like the um, the speed, or what do they call that thing? That like uh, speed force or what? Where he go. grabs his power from? Oh yeah, the speed force. The speed force. Doesn't Poison Ivy and Swamp Thing have a similar like thing that they pull their power from? No. They talked about it in the Harley Quinn show. Yeah, but I mean, the Harley, you can't, that's loosely based. You can't really pull off that. Like Swamp Thing, it, it depends because Swamp Thing's been rewritten. His, his origin has been rewritten so many times. Like, yeah. His original origin was that he was a, a scientist that turned into this monster. And then Alan Moore, when Alan Moore did his run, he changed it to where it's nature with a human consciousness, basically, who absorbs a human consciousness. And then you, that's how you get Swamp Thing. So I don't think there's any speed force like. Um, yes, I agree. J- Swamp Thing can lead into dark dark justice league so you could get like john constantine showing up you could get dead man showing up you could get zatanna you could get you know so many dark justice league members that spawn out through through that character and james bangled i mean they're already setting the stage to try and hit that home run you know they call it so this is from 2019. The plant-based characters Swamp Thing and Poison Ivy both draw their powers from the green, one of the most mysterious and important forces in the DCU. When was that? When did they bring in the green? I don't know. <laughs> they got you. The I green. I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I just know a lot about as far as Poison Ivy's backstory. I just know that, you know, her power set is plants. I'm not that up on Poison Ivy or Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is not one of my my favorite characters so i'm not into like those plant-based plant-based yeah i don't want to eat it i'm not a vegan i'm not a, a vegan burger. superhero fan man maybe so he they talk about it they talk about, <laughs> they talk about the green in 
Swamp Thing number 47, 1986. There you go. That's why I don't read Swamp Thing. So, Did you guys see the original Swamp Thing movie? Uh, I used to watch the old TV show. No, the movie that came out in the 80s. No. With Adrian Barbeau, I think is her no. name. Mm-mm. You guys should watch that. That's the first time I saw it, and it was the scientist who had a bad experiment and turned into the swamp thing and as a i don't know five or eight year old when it came out the it was quite uh, horrific the other um monsters that came out of that uh chemical reaction and whatnot it was kind of a interesting movie it kind of i had many a nightmares of that <laughs> of the characters the, the other characters in it. wasn't the show kind of good i haven't seen it the, the uh, show the, that this poster is based on. Uh, the most recent um, HBO Max show? Yeah, wasn't it kind of like people said it wasn't it was terrible? Good. Like, I watched the first few episodes and I kind of fell off of it. Once I heard it was canceled, I kind of stopped watching it because I knew you weren't going to get any payoff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to stop right here. But I'm not that versed on Swamp Thing. So I'm just excited about like, the horror aspect of that. It oh, opens yeah. Up and... I agree. And hopefully it's like more horror than Doctor Strange was. You guys have seen Escape from New York? Mm-hmm. Yes. Remember the girl in that movie? The dark-haired girl? Adrian? Mm-hmm. That's Adrian Barbo, right? You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. The, yeah, she was in Swamp Thing. So if you guys have a chance to watch that, that's probably the most closely related to what the movie will be. And it actually was pretty good for its time, so... I remember I seeing it. It was it was decent. It wasn't, you know, yeah, it was good. a throwaway. He got his arm cut off, and then he had to put his arm up to the light, and his arm started to grow back with, like, a twig came out, and then his arm grew back in. He got, like, you know, captured, and they cut off his arm, and just the light made his arm grow back. It was a pretty cool scene. So, Cause like oh, Wes Craven. Wes Craven's Swamp Thing. From the 80s? In 1982. I didn't know that. Wow. Yep. I was ahead of my time watching Wes Craven back then. Look at me go. Poster on it. The poster for it is pretty sick, too. The um, uh, Swamp Thing Annual Number 1 is a pretty sweet cover that shows Adrian Barbo. I think that's how you pronounce her name in the Swamp Thing. It's it's a uh, uh, remake. Uh, the cover is a remake of the sh- it, it came after the movie, so that was their tribute to the movie or hom- homage to the movie which I've been looking for that one recently. So. Just Dylan says, I'm hoping 100% wrong, but I have a feeling Warner will not have patience and be late 2025. We'll hear James Gunn say he'll never touch comic movies again. I don't think that's the case. I think because they're trying to really do, I think it's at least two or three movies every year. Um, or, you know, movies and TV shows a year. So I think like if, if the... Um, Creature Commandos is already ready to go and they're just animating it, then I don't think that's too far off. Um, I think 2025 is respectable because if you think about it, we're in 2023. They've got four movies releasing this year, right? Yeah. So that's basically a year of no DC. Not to mention, in that year, they're still going to keep Harley Quinn going. There's still, I mean, you also get the Batman Elseworld stuff. You got Joker. So it's not like there's going to be a lack of DC content. Yeah. Well, and that's what we fail to mention too, is that 
the Batman two is still happening. The Joker two is still happening. Teen Titans go. That's all considered falling under their Elseworld tales. So that's all stuff that's separate. So you're going to have two and they're, you know, so they can do whatever they want with those stories and they don't have to play into the overarching story or narrative of what James Gunn's trying to build. I love that idea of clearly identifying it as a standalone product. Cause he said, it's going to be clearly labeled as an Elseworlds tale. Yeah. Tale, which I love that because then I think you can tell that James Gunn understands what he's doing because he's trying to limit um, consumer confusion. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, some Joe Schmo comes in, he's like Batman. And he's like, then he comes back and sees Batman, the brave and the bold. It's a totally different dude in a different, you know, different feel and everything like that, that lame consumers and lame meaning that, you know, more ignorant when it comes to these kind of things may not realize that they're in different um, universes, but by clearly identifying that, I think the other thing too, is that his movie should have their very own clear intro. You remember for years, like when they had the Marvel stuff and the Marvel studio stuff, like they had different intros Mm -hmm. and you could kind of tell what was part of Marvel and what wasn't. Yeah. You know, it makes well, Marvel Spider-Man has and... always been that like flipping comic book pages and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Now they changed it to like the different shots from different products in the logo. And I really like that. Yeah. So, um, superhero fatigue. Yes. <laughs> I like how you put the internals in there. <laughs> James Gunn, co-architect of the new DC universe, is fully aware of the comic book fatigue and comic book films flooding movie theaters, but he also believes that superhero fatigue can be fought. I think it's real gun told the New York times when asked about fatigue resulting from DC and Marvel cinematic universes, you have to make stories uh, diverse and different good guys, bad guys, giant things in the sky. Good guys win. You can't tell that story again. You need to tell stories that are more, you know, morally complex. Now you understand why I picked the eternals. Yes. Because he says, good guy, bad guy, giant thing in the sky, good guys win. That's essentially the plot of the Eternals. (laughs) Uh, But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Marvel's trying to do that. They tried to do it with She-Hulk. They tried to do it with Moon Knight. They've kind of fallen flat on their face several times. Trying to make it different. I mean, sadly, the the most complex, morally complex character we got was, was really Thanos and Killmonger. Yeah. I but feel I like think those are the two morally the... complex characters we've had in the MCU so far. And they had an opportunity with Gore that they failed and, on. And you could kind of see it going in that direction of morally complex. Right. And then they totally yeah. screwed the pooch on it. So who did DC have that's morally complex? Joker? No, well, a Lex lot Luthor. of the DC stuff is just kind of centered in that moral complexity. Like, yeah, a lot of their villains are morally complex. A lot of their even heroes are morally complex. Look at Batman. Batman's very morally complex. Damien Robin, Damien Wayne is very morally complex. 
Because you and know that's you why have, Superman sticks out like a sore thumb because he's yeah you have Damian Wayne who was born and bred to be an assassin and kill people and then he gets teamed up with Batman whose whole thing is not killing people so it's like you've got that moral complexity basically building that character of Damian Wayne of do you kill do you not kill how do you restrain yourself and things like that like there's a lot of <laughs> Deathstroke is morally complex there's a lot of very morally complex characters in. In DC, that's kind of where they've made their bread and butter. They've I don't think you could say Joker is morally complex. He's just insane. But he has don't a different know. take to him than, than any other Marvel character that I can think of. I'm sure there's somebody in Marvel, but no one they put in movies. But the Heath Ledger version and the Joaquin Phoenix version are very... They might not be morally complex, but they're complex. They're just... they're. Joker is a very complex character because... There's so many facets of it to him. But like not, you but not morally. Yeah, not morally. You, you know, we know his name. Or we suspect his name is Jack White now. And, you know, you don't know much about Joker except for kind of without Batman. You can't, you know, him and Batman go hand in hand. They're like yin and yang. You can't really have one without the other. So, so would you kind of say like maybe Marvel's version of the Joker is like <laughs> Carnage? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think maybe no, the insanity side or Green Goblin. I think it's more like Green Goblin. Yeah, I think Green Goblin is is more considered Marvel's version of the Joker, which is funny because Green Goblin is one of the best Marvel villains ever. And all indication is pointing at, yeah, Green Goblin is awesome, but all indication is pointing that Norman Osborn doesn't even exist in the mcu yeah wow. it just seems like a loss why does he not exist he just i mean he was in the other uh well they don't have there's no such thing as oscorp mm. because they referenced that in no way home right oscorp yeah um we haven't seen the i mean how many times have we seen the new york skyline that they haven't even teased us with an oscorp uh sighting well it could be just because they the sony burst doesn't help that out maybe there's some i agree ones. with Do- i agree with joe's doing there on that one dr doom is the best marvel villain oh i agree i agree i didn't say green goblin was the best but i'm saying he's one of the best but we're definitely going to get dr doom you can't have fast fantastic four without dr doom spider-man has a rogues gallery as big as batman's there's many characters you can do in Spider-Man. But Fantastic Four without Doctor Doom just seems silly, doesn't it? Yes. It does, but they've already done it twice. So I want to see Doctor Doom pretty bad. And I this whole Kang thing with the MCU is someone we haven't seen, so it's kind of cool in that res- in that regard. Doom should be in with, with Fantastic Four, but he's been done twice before. So um, After playing Jason Todd for three seasons on Titans... Uh, Kern Walters wants to play Damian Wayne in the DC Universe's upcoming Brave and the Bold film. Responding to discussions, uh, film tweets regarding the announcement of the Brave and the Bold, which will introduce the DCU's new Batman, Damian Wayne, and other members of the Bat family. Walters tweets, I'm a phone call away. The actor previously played Jason Todd slash Robin slash Red Hood in the recently canceled Titans, but also briefly appears as the character on CW Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow during the Arrowverse's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event. 
I'm good. I, uh, yeah, I think that they have an opportunity to kind of do something with Damian Wayne, like maybe making Rasha Ghoul and Talia. Is it Talia? Is Damian Talia Lee's mother? Ghoul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe making them a different ethnicity other than white. So you could potentially have like Damian Wayne as like an Asian American kid or something like that. Cause, cause who, who would care about race spending that one a little bit? Mm. Why would he be Asian? Is it, isn't he? He's well, Batman's because, kid, cause but... yeah, well, no, like half, but like oh, okay. Ra's al Ghul and stuff like you could make them kind of like not Mongolian or something like that, but like from a different, <laughs> a different, uh, country right damian right. wong <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i i just think that you have the opportunity to take a character that maybe is not super well known outside of comic book so circles and maybe make rachel ghoul and talia not white well who have they who have they taken recently and made and did a race bend Anybody? uh tim drake and titans in the comics, has anyone recently? Because wasn't um, Fury Nick Fury changed prior to the him coming out in, in Iron Man? So, well, Nick Fury was white in six one six, and then he was black in um, Ultimate Universe and Ultimate Comics, and, that, and that's the one they use for obviously well, yeah. they use for him for, for the him, MCU, but, yeah. But that's well, I thought they changed him. I thought they changed him to be black because of Samuel L. Jackson. No, they, he was it came before he was black and the ultimate comics first. Yeah, way before. Yeah, so most of the stuff that happened and they already tried to swing and a miss with a, a Nick Fury movie and it, it had David Hasselhoff in it. So, but the we Hoth, are getting Hoth we are getting a Samuel Nick Jackson Fury. Nick Fury led TV show. Yeah, Secret War or uh, Secret Invasion. But that was a character who was well known to be white was changed prior in the comics i'm not sure what you know how well that sold given the change but then used in the 616 for the whatever you want to call the mcu and it worked because it was samuel yeah. jackson i don't know if i'd really call so, that race bending though because you had two different versions of the character to choose from and you chose to go to you know i guess diversity you chose to go with the the racially diverse character versus the plain old right, but white. the recent one, the recent change was the one they used, and yeah, and um, so that's what I'm wondering: is DC have anyone they recently did a multiverse change to use? Yeah, you know, I heard. Mean, I also heard that they're mind. gonna. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was gonna say the one that comes to mind for me is Jason Todd and Titan. They're not Jason Todd, but uh, Tim Drake and Titans. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's the one they'll. Maybe that's eventually what they'll do. But I also heard that there is going to be the the DC universe, and then there's going to be the it's called something specific Elseworlds, Elseworlds, and there's gonna they're gonna have the the Black Superman for that Elseworlds. So yeah, and yeah, the they are um they are developing a um, Black Superman movie for the Elseworlds stuff. Yes, but there's a Black Superman in the comics too. So right. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. They're going to take that one, but make it Elseworlds. I don't know. I don't know why, but I guess we'll find out someday. I don't. I don't. I get the multiverse stuff, but yes, Cardi. I forgot about Batwoman. You are correct. They did make Black. They did make Batwoman and Black Woman also. In the in the movie, right? Well, well, in the well, in the well, Batgirl in the movie, yes. 
but Batwoman and oh, Catwoman, Catwoman. Catwoman, and Catwoman, and Catwoman yes. Yeah. Well, in two shows, right? Halle Berry and Wonder and Man. Catwoman. They're doing it to Wonder Man too. You're correct, Lopez. I forgot about Wonder Man. Which there's somebody who could play Wonder Man now that they could yeah, they could get uh Henry Cavill to play that he'd be a perfect Wonder Man, but since they already cast it, it's too late. Right? Since he isn't gonna be Superman, yeah. he could be a perfect Wonder Man. I'm and- sure I'm sure Marvel's got Henry Cavill for something. They've had discussions before. So I'm looking at the Doom. I'm looking at the history of Ray Shal Ghoul, and he was Ray-Shal-Ghul? born to a race i don't know why i always say race he was born to a tribe of chinese nomads well think about the batman africa batman begins batman begins it's liam neeson right but i the whole movie i thought it was the other guy because he was he sounded like he was the guy from mongolia right the guy who was yeah yeah. i know you're talking about right yeah that's that's why i'm thinking you can make damian lee an asian american kid right Especially the last name Lee. Oh, Damian Lee. Bruce Wayne, or Wayne. Damian Wayne. Damian Who's Wayne. Lee? Wayne. Who's Wayne. Lee? Why am I saying Damian Lee? Who is that? Bruce I don't Lee. Know. I don't know. I don't know what you're Damian Lee. I don't know. I don't know what's in your pop. But do you, you, I don't think it's I don't think it's far fetched to make him especially in, in the effort of trying to make all these properties diverse and stuff. It seems like an easy one to do. I just think if you did it in the comic, do it in the in the movie. Don't change the movie and then have to redo the. But whatever, you know, they can do. They can. But do I mean, this right here is telling it. me that he's Asian. I would assume right. he would be, but I think the Liam Neeson thing was a, was a different take on it. So again, yeah. that's part of my issue with redoing the Trinity again. Is you can go a completely different direction and grab. B and C characters that have the diversity already and not have to revamp stuff. It would That's make more I... sense to make him Arabic since Ra- Rachel Ghoul's name is an Arabic translation of head of the ghoul. So it would make more sense if he was mixed with Arabic. Yeah. I'm not, I'm saying anything. I don't, I don't care. Uh, you know why I keep saying Damian Lee? It's a player on the Suns. And before the show started, I was watching the Suns game. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, I know I didn't make that up. <laughs> yeah, it plus, if you look, like... I mean, if you look in the comics too, some sometimes Damian Wayne does have a little bit darker skin than Bruce. So, who knows? He could be. Who knows what they're going to do with that? Well, but. I guess, I guess the point I was trying to make was, if they go that route, then this dude is not the the right person. The right person is the point I was trying to make, and we kind of went off on a tangent a little bit. Damn you guys. Yeah, uh, DC Studios bosses James Gunn and Pete Saffron have revealed a, numer- a number of projects that will make up the first chapter of their DC universe. And since the duo's full two carry uh, chapter planned for the DCU spanned eight to ten years, the studio is looking for actors who will be in for the long haul, according um, to Jeff Sneed of Above the Line. Because of Gunn and Saffron's eight to ten year plan, talent is being asked to sign ten year deals that cover both films and television. So, barring any extraordinary circumstances, the DCU's major characters likely won't be recast for at least a decade. While it's certainly not uncommon for actors to be asked to sign multi-year deals, Marvel does it all the time, when joining major franchises, fans should find this development interesting, given the fact that the certain characters featured in the old DC Extended Universe are being recast for the new DCU. 
the abrupt departure of Henry Cavill as Superman. I think the biggest thing you can take away from this is the fact that he says television and TV. Because one thing he said in his announcement was a majority of the time these animated characters are going to be voiced by the actors that play them in real life, which has been kind of a, which I took it as kind of a slight towards Marvel for having what if, and very rarely ever having the actor that plays him in live action, plays these people in live action, voice the characters. Well, I mean, if you look at what if a lot of them did voice their characters, I think honestly, the only people who didn't voice their characters in what if were, um, Spider-Man and Black Widow. Well, and re- oh, and yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, which Iron Man was the most recognizable that it wasn't Robert Downey Jr. In my opinion, the kid that played uh, Peter Parker sounded like Tom Holland, but Black Widow was Evans. done by uh, and Chris Evans. Did not too, right. and was Chris Pratt Star Lord in that small little cameo? I can't remember. I've, I can't even get Chris I've Pratt tried to, to do in the, in the, uh, the Disney the Disney commercial for the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, ride. They have Chris Pratt; his face is covered, and he doesn't say anything. It's just Rocket Raccoon, who you know Bradley Cooper, in that commercial. Have you ever seen the, what I'm talking about? The yeah, commercial I know for the ride. About. Yeah, yeah. So he couldn't even do that. Probably because damn Chris Pratt; he's too busy doing goddamn Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> it's a Mario. By the way, everybody in that movie sounds amazing. Did you watch the new trailer with uh, Donkey Kong? Yeah, I don't like Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. It still sounds better than Chris Pratt. It's just <laughs> Seth Rogen playing <laughs> Seth Rogen voice in Donkey Kong. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but uh, I, I just thought that that part was interesting that it sounds like they're going to put in the contract like you're going to have to do these movies and the tv shows and the cartoons so that there's more cohesiveness between the two or between the three i guess you could say i like that yeah and go ahead lance i just said yeah oh uh and even more james gunn news james gunn confirmed ben affleck's time as batman and the Cape and Cowell is finished, but the actor may, re- may remain part of the DC universe as the director. Uh, this is the introduction of the DCU's Batman gun informed DC.com. It is not Robert Pattinson. It is not Ben Affleck. We're working with Robert on the Batman part two with Matt Reeves. And we're working with Ben Affleck uh, uh, who has been part of the, <clears throat> our team trying to bring together. Uh, he really wanted to direct one of our projects. We're excited for him to do that. Fans of Pattinson's iteration can breathe easy knowing that the Cape Crusader will carry on under the DC Elseworlds banner with the Batman in 2025. So look at, peep this, Batman in 2025, you have Superman, Batman the two. Batman 2, all going up against Kang Dynasty. You're, you have Avengers Kang Dynasty dropping that year, the Batman Part 2 dropping that year, and Superman dropping that year. It's going to be a huge year for comic book movies. It's going to be huge. This is what should have been. Wasn't it Justice League, Avengers, and Captain Marvel that all came out the same year? Uh, I can't remember. And two of the three were duds. I want Ben Affleck to direct Booster Gold. 
just throw it out there. And I want Chris so, Pratt to play Booster Gold. I don't want Chris Pratt to play Booster Gold, but <laughs> I think he's I'm, play I, I have Gold. a feeling he's going to though. Like I really do have a feeling he's going to. I feel Sadly. like Warner Brothers completely screwed the pooch on this whole Ben Affleck thing. What is Batman? He could have been awesome. And all we got to see were just little snip. Like, he didn't even get his own movie. It just seems such a waste of... Ben Affleck is talented, man. I would talented love him dude. to be the Batman in The Brave and the Bold. Like, it would be awesome, but I don't know how much Ben wants to do it. I, ben looks I like, like he wants to sit back, smoke darts, and play the bongos on J-Lo's ass. He doesn't really look interested in trying to get into shape to play Batman anymore. So he just wants to burn sticks and make the occasional appearance in Kevin Smith movies, you know? So we're always saying Henry Cavill to Marvel, Henry Cavill to Marvel. What would you guys, if Ben Affleck made the jump to Marvel, where, where could you put him? Daredevil. <laughs> there is Hardy. a rumor. I Hadn't heard that. that. <laughs> there is a rumor. I heard that he may reprise that for, um, for the, uh, uh multiverse the multiverse stuff that'd be interesting i don't think he needs to go to to the to the mcu if he directs a dcu movie i think that'd be pretty cool but i i i like this portrayal i think he's a phenomenal batman. actor i agree and i think he did a great job with the batman that that was the the dark knight batman that we that we that i would have wanted you know, it's most closely resembled that miniseries from 86 from Lopez, Frank Miller. Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Argo. Uh, he was Gone Girl. In, Gone Girl. He was amazing in, um, what's the other one he directed? Uh, Dogma. He was amazing hunting. in Dogma as hunting. Bartleby. Yes. Not Live Go by hunting. Night. What's the other one? The Town. The Town, yes. That was the Town one. was fucking awesome. Yeah, so Ben Affleck is a good actor. Oh, he did that one where he's a basketball coach, the alcoholic. That was really that was good. A good one. Hoosiers. Is he in Hoosiers? <laughs> no, it's not Hoosiers. I'm just <laughs> I think Ben Affleck's a good actor. It's certain things that he's good at and other things that maybe he's not. He used to be a laughing stock. If you remember. Yeah. Like after um what's the one he did with G Matt Damon and Robin Williams? Good oh, no, after Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, he, he did a string of, of projects that just were kind of laughable, right? Where Matt Damon was getting Reindeer all these accolades. Games. Matt Damon was getting all these accolades, and Ben Affleck was just kind of laughable. Then Argo came out, or The Town, which one of those two. And he started doing the, the town come out first. He started doing all these projects after that, and he fucking killed it. I I don't think I've seen one bad thing with Ben Affleck besides the fucking DC stuff since the town came out. Lopez, you're starting to lose my favor, sir. He was not garbage in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. He was not garbage in Dogma. He was not garbage in Phantoms. <laughs> he's he's done a lot of good movies. The yes, only bad it. movie he had was Geely or something with J Lo, right? Yes, I didn't think. Uh, no, he's 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 had a, a few bad ones. Yes, Reindeer yeah. Games was good. I like Reindeer, Reindeer Games. Games was good. Yeah, I he's, can't think of anything else done, he was in that was bad. He's done some bad ones. Um, well, Daredevil. If, if he... <laughs> Pearl Harbor was not that great. 
Oh my gosh, it was good. No. Oh my gosh. It was make not. those yinzers proud. Pearl Harbor is largely JP, JP's hitting that yinzer that yinzer uh, bingo card tonight. Oh my gosh! Ba-boom. He talked about oh my the Steelers. Yeah, I need one more. I need two more to have a bullseye or what do you call it? Tic tac toe or whatever it is. Uh, Pearl bingo. Harbor is largely considered to be kind of Josh Hartnett's downfall. Pearl Harbor, if you remember, did not perform that great in the box office either. Damn, so Josh Hartnett fell down on that one. Yeah, let me let me know. see what we got. So what was the one I said? The town. So I'm gonna look before the town. Ah, oh, damn it! IMDb changed their whole fucking site up, and now it's confusing as shit. The chat's just going off, making these awesomely funny Jeremy Renner jokes. Um. Uh, So let's see, Smoke and Aces, Hollywood Land, which was the Superman George Reeves one. Uh, A Man About Town, Surviving Christmas. Jersey Girl kind of fell flat too, right? I know it's Kevin Smith. I like Jersey Girl, but Jersey Girl is not considered a good movie by the masses. No, it wasn't, but I love Jersey Girl. Uh, Paycheck, which flopped. Geely, Daredevil, uh, Changing Lanes. Uh, The Accountant. The sum of all fears is largely considered one of the worst Jack Ryan movies ever made. <laughs> um, let's see. Pearl Harbor. Uh, Reindeer Games was good. Dogma was good. Forces of Nature. Yikes. Uh, 200 Cigarettes, which I don't even know what the fuck that is. But Told now... You. Like his wife's work, just smoking darts. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but now he has I mean, The Town, Argo, Gone Girl, Runner Runner, uh, let's see. Then he had a whole bunch of shitty DC movies. The accountant was fucking awesome. How were the, the his part in the DC movies was not shitty. Neither was Cavill's. No, it was Gail Godot. So it was. Yeah, it wasn't because writing, of him. Right, right, right. But like that, that like I don't consider those movies. They were might have flopped in the theater and the monetarily, but I just think they were they were good comic book movies. He just they chose. Weren't. He just got in those movies. He should have saw that they were going to be bad movies based on writing because the writing alone, like we're we're all witness to it. The writing alone makes those bad movies. Yeah. But he did the best of what he was given. Like that scene he's the when best he's part up, of Batman Superman. Like yeah, hands down. The is it Batman Superman? The first time you see him, he's up in the corner and he pounces at yeah. those two cops. It's fucking mm-hmm. awesome, dude. <laughs> when you see him in the corner, just like and he pounces on those guys, it's one of the fucking coolest scenes. Oh, yeah, the whole beat up scene when he goes to save Martha, Martha Kent, and he that that was an awesome scene. He just pummeled those dudes. His yeah, oh. his time of Batman is just one hundred percent. He was the victim Lopez. of oh shit writing. The accountant was fucking awesome, dude. I don't All right, I'm moving on. I'm not going to argue about Batman or about Ben Affleck anymore. Yeah, you guys <laughs> love him too much. As the DC Universe develops its upcoming booster gold, serious rage beyond Max Top Gun star or Maverick star. Glenn Powell indicates his interest in playing the tutorial superhero. Speaking with Entertainment Tonight about the possibility of playing Booster Gold in the DCU, Powell indicated uh, his uh, fascination with the time-traveling hero while addressing speculation of him playing Cyclops or Hal Jordan at some point. A bunch of my friends from Texas are like, is it true? Are you playing Cyclops? Are you playing Booster Gold? He said, I've actually looked up some of these characters. I'm not a real comic book guy. 
I've watched all these superhero movies for DC and Marvel. I'm a fan. I I see it. Yeah, I could see him playing Booster Gold based off his care what he did with Maverick, but I think he would actually make a pretty decent Cyclops. Boost I mean Booster Gold is an interesting character too, because he's not like like your most characters. Like he's kind of like that. Is he a time traveler? Doesn't he? Yeah, he's kind of like that. Time? I would call him like I don't know. Correct if I'm wrong, but I kind of call him like that lovable loser from the future who actually comes back in time with tech to be able to be a super because he wants to be a superhero. So he comes back in time to be a superhero, um, and then all of his little hijinks. He he seems to be very well. I see a lot of people screaming for Booster Gold. Like I was never really. Again, Booster Gold's another character that I was never really on my but, radar, but. The writing like a peacemaker could make that a fun TV show to watch. Oh, absolutely. And if absolutely. they bring the Blue Beetle into it, which they're all apparently Booster Gold sort of was a <laughs> bad cop, good cop with with Blue Beetle, but that was the Ted Cord Blue Beetle. So <laughs> Joe's Dillard said, What smooth brain would want to do? Uh, you know, out of all the out of all the X-Men characters, I agree, Cyclops is not a character. He doesn't seem that fun to play, but I don't think he would do a bad job. No, I don't think he would either. And someone's got to play it. <laughs> Someone has to play Cyclops. Well, how tall is this guy? Because he could play Logan too. They're gonna recast. I him. really do think Taron Edgerton has got that squared up. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I remember think when gonna, I used to? I think you're gonna see it in Deadpool three. Do you remember when I would I was screaming at the rooftops, Taron Edgerton, Taron Edgerton, and all I got was shit from Max, Matt, and Kyle. <laughs> yeah. All I got was shit, dude. <laughs> I said, you see, you watch, you watch. <laughs> it was right after Eddie the Eagle came out. And I saw the two of them on the screen together. Taron Edgerton and Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger? Uh, huge, Heath Ledger. huge huge jack man. Like Damian huge Lee. Jack man. Uh, yeah, which I need to see if the Suns won that game because Celtics are coming back up. Uh, finally, moving away, we're gonna do some some lightning news stories where they're just news stories that we're bringing to your attention, real quick. Little conversation, not as in depth as the DC stuff, but uh, Will Smith survived Slapgate as Will Smith and Martin Lawrence will once again ride together and do their best not to die together in battle as the successful Bad Boys film franchise returns with Bad Boys 4. Super excited for this because I am a fan of the Bad Boys movies. They need to call it Bad Boys Till Death. <laughs> what? It just had Bad Boys for Life. Because it, it could be the whole death. thing, that, the whole thing that closes it out. It sounds like a good finality look, title. Look at the picture of the the movie picture than the actual screen. They're wearing the same clothes. Yeah, same clothes, but they look ten times older. I love <laughs> the Bad Boys for Life, dude. Bad Boys for Life was a good. You know, movie. I still haven't seen it. I love Bad Boys for Life. Such Martin Lawrence on the right looks like he's holding in a shit. Yes, he does. <laughs> he's definitely put on. And a Will Smith way. is like, man, is that smell coming from you? <laughs> my face hurts. <laughs> Someone slapped me. He's like, man, that's getting right up in my nostrils. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with you, Lopez. I don't want to ruin it for, for Lance, but I kind of agree with you. I haven't watched it yet. But... I've been meaning to, but I haven't watched it. If you're a Bad Boys fan, let us know in the comment section below if you're looking forward to Bad Boys 4 or if you think Bad Boys 3 should have just been the end of it. I'm a bad girl. Did, did uh, 
Uh, did what's his face direct this one that directed the first two? <laughs> Joe Dillon says, Why do I have a feeling that Cuck Smith is po- ponying up money to produce that movie? No, um, Mr. Explosions himself, Michael Bay, is not directing this movie. Did he direct the third one? No, the um, directors of the third movie are doing the fourth one, but no, it was not. But he did the uh, first two, right? He did the first two, yeah. And you would say the third one's the best one? I I love two. Well, they're all good to me. Like I love one, two, and three. Like I think three was actually really, really good. But I love all three movies. I'm just tired of Michael Bay, man. <laughs> tired of him. I don't care. Will Smith can slap people all he wants on stage. I'll go see him in theaters. Like, is it true that he's getting? Well, I guess not now because well, Emancipation came out last year or this year. No, that's this year, I think. Is it true that he's getting Oscar buzz for that? I, he can't. He won't be there. So he won't be there. Like, how would you handle that? <laughs> Something tells me he won't win. Aren't they going to give it to uh, Brendan Fraser anyway for the will? I think. Yeah, yeah that's I why think I was asking, because the, the nominations already came out and Brendan Fraser was on there. He better win. The only reason he didn't win. Um, was it a Golden Globe or SAG Award or something like that? That went to the dude that played Elvis. Was Brendan Fraser swore off that whole uh, that whole award ceremony because he accused the guy that runs it of sexual harassment? Right. Brendan Fraser should win it for the for the whale. Dude, he is so fucking. And you're right, dude. That's a tough movie to watch. It is. That was tough. Max I mean, and I are both that... sitting in the theater crying. <laughs> it's Did an emotional guys... gut punch. It's only in the theaters. Is it on? Um, no, I'm yeah, sure it'll be out soon. I'm sure it'll be out soon. Did you guys see a man called Otto? A man named Otto? I've not seen that yet. My wife wants to see it, and I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I hear I, the trailer I, makes it seem very funny, but it's not funny. It's not. It's funny, but it's it's very deep, it's rough. It's rough to watch. Rough to watch. But good. Yeah. So I don't know. I haven't seen the whale, but I'm not a big. I don't like to go to movies like that. I prefer to see people get beat up like end game type movies. So well, I this is, you just, the whale dude, dude, you see people get beat up. Well, one guy in particular. Yeah. Right, like, but I don't, I don't like, like, uh, don't like, I don't go to movies mentally. to cry. You see, you see Brendan Fraser emotionally beat himself up. So yeah, it's, it's a fucked up movie, dude, but it is so well written. It is so well acted. Everybody in that movie is really good. Sadie sink dude has the potential to become, Oh, really yeah, dude, watch star. out for her. I say about two more years, and she's going to explode. She's going to have a bigger career than um, the chick that plays Hard 11. Or, or, well, even, I mean, Millie Bobby Brown, would you really consider her to have a big career? Because, I mean, her she's, biggest... She's on all the tabloids and shit. Like, she's Yeah, but her big screen right debut was that fucking Godzilla movie. Yeah. I guess God, King of the Monsters. She had a lot like of that. success with Enola Holmes, but I guess that's Netflix. Yeah, but that's Netflix too. Like, I think watch out for Sadie, man. I think she's gonna blow up, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if she shows up as your MCU's either Jean Grey or Mary Jane Watson. I would love that. She's like twenty-two as well, so she could. Yeah, she's in her twenties. Yeah, she could play alongside Tom Holland. I'm perfectly I mean, the okay dude, that. the dude that plays Lucas is still my go-to for Miles Morales. So, uh, um, you lost me on that one. You're crazy. I don't think he's a good actor at all. 
Yeah. But I don't know you who know who would have been perfect, Miles Morales, and now is way too old to play it? The kid from Steve Everybody Urkel. Hates Chris. Oh, yeah. Back when he was younger. Steve Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, and one that's near and dear to my heart, King of the Hill can officially rejoice as the animated series officially receives a revival from Hulu with creator Mike Judge uh, and Greg Daniels and five of the original voice cast making a return. Only because, five? Yeah. Who does it say? Uh, while rumors of the King of the Hill revival have swirled for years, the Hollywood Reporter shared today that Hulu ordered a straight-to-series order with Mike Judge and Greg Daniels uh, returning to executive produce the cartoon alongside showrunner Salden Patterson, ABC's The Wonder Years, in addition to the return of the creator's original voice cast members, Kathy, I'm going to butcher that, but she's coming to Phoenix Comic Con, Najimi, Peggy Hill, uh, Stephen Root, Bill Dotrieve, Buck Strickland, Pamela, Aldon, Bobby Hill, Johnny Hardwick, Dale Gribble, and Lauren Thomas, um, Ming Supanusophone. Mm. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> yeah. And Khan Supanusophone Jr. are all making their triumphant return. Mike Judge, I mean, Mike Judge does Hank Hill. So, of course, he's going to be in it. Well, Brittany um, Murphy passed away. Brittany Murphy passed away, who was Luann. Um, also, uh, Tom Petty, who was Lucky, passed away. So, Tom Petty's not going to be there. So, a lot of these, a lot of these voice actors, much like the Simpsons, voiced multiple characters. So, who plays? Uh, okay, so you have the uh, Native American kid, Joseph. Is that Joseph? Yeah, I don't see his name on here. Do I? Uh, and then his dad is not on here. Khan Supanusophone quite the name that has to be made up but that's the that's He's the like asian family what what did but you the, call them? the asian family they're laotian laotian i don't know dude I, they are yeah i always thought they were from like china or something no they're from laos oh i didn't know that but like um i think mike mike judge voices hank hill and Boomhauer. so mm-hmm. Um, it's but it seems because... like the whole family, the 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 I don't know, I don't remember their names. You you just said one. What's his name? Bobby's friend. Oh, Joseph. Yeah, I don't see any of that family's names on this list. Um, yeah, I mean, they either haven't signed on yet, or they're going to recast them. So, and is Bobby going to be older? Or is it going to be no time has passed? Because I they... remember there's a a lot of people are speculating that it's going to it's going to be older bobby you're going to see all these characters aged up so it's going to be older bobby hill and a lot of these characters will be older but i don't i don't know until it comes out but um to answer your lopez question lopez uh 2010 2010 was when the last it's been 13 years yep uh i saw another one that futurama got a full series order too yep sure did but for the third time and Beavis and Butthead are on. That's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> that's the best. That's a great episode, Joe. Uh, um, yes, Beavis and Butthead are on Paramount Plus, and the revival was f- fantastic. Am I crazy when I say that I'd rather watch Futurama over The Simpsons? 
Uh, yes. Extremely. I'd rather watch King of the Hill over the Simpsons or Family Guy, personally. Family Guy lost me years ago. Yeah. But Futurama, to me, was... Was... Dude, every episode was fucking hilarious. You know what? The Simpsons show... hasn't been on top for a long time, I feel you like. You know what show I just refound that... Um, I forgot about for years, and when we were doing an episode of SNS Cartoon Wars, I I put in there, and I was like, I forgot all about the show, The Critic with John Lovitz. Yep, I went back and rewatched the pilot for that episode for that sh- series. Oh my god, it's so good! It makes me want to try and find the entire series. John Lovitz is hysterical, dude. That dude doesn't get enough love. But well, that is the end of our geek news. Yes, it is. Now we're going to go right into talking about The Last of Us. So we're going to end the show tonight speaking on The Last of Us. JP, are you still hanging in with The Last of Us? Oh, yes, I am. I'm up to uh, the most recent show. Episode one, I was kind of like, meh. Episode two, I was fully on board. Like, let's go. Episode three, I they changed a lot, but I still really enjoyed that episode. They, I've seen several like reviews calling it one of the best episodes of television ever made. That it definitely is not. But <laughs> I had a very hard time watching that one. I'm trying to figure good. out what I missed. Because I'm seeing people. Is it just because of the progressiveness of it? Is why people are saying that? No, because you cared about the characters at the end. Whenever they, he, you know, spoiler, they, when they died. So, but I did not expect to see that. So I had a hard, I didn't expect that. I, you know, I just, I was like, what's Well, going that on is not what happens in the game. No, I don't. I didn't play the game. It's so I didn't kind know, of but... a. It's kind of alluded that there because he says that's my partner. So Bill in the game, Bill walks up on uh, Frank hanging, like he's arguing with Joel about something, and they walk into the room and they see Frank hanging from like the rafters or something like that. And Joel's like, "Did you know this guy?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's my partner." So there, it kind of feels like there's some emotional tether there in the game. But Bill's well, alive. The, the fact that he writes a letter basically tells him to fuck himself. That's basically what the, the, the letter that Bill reads is. He says, you know, dude, tell him to go fuck himself. He's like, I hate you. To Joel. No. In the game. In the I game. Mean, okay. I didn't so they the changed part. it a lot because I'm trying to remember the impact that Bill has on that game. Other, like, doesn't he have a bigger impact in that game than. So, so it's been a while since I played it because I played it when it came out, the first game. Explain to everybody what his impact in the game is, Matt. It's been a long time since I've played it. We need Max for that. <laughs> Max plays this game like every five months, I feel like. <laughs> well, if you watch the if the preview for the show, I had, I had no inclination it was going to be a love story of two men. Oh, right. I knew it was because they teased it. I don't remember. I, I didn't get that take on it. 
they no, had a, I thought it was a good episode. I don't like, you know, I some aspects I'm not some things I don't need to see, but you know, that's just me. But I thought I cared about him at the end when they both died. I thought it was gripping the whole episode. I mean, it's it, it's good television because it it took a character who was kind of a loner and was a, a doomsday prepper. It was very much set in his ways of being alone and okay with it and showing him through the power of love and relationship that you they're still good in the world and that you can come back from this and kind of change your perspective on the world and the fact that they chose to to die together something that like you know you always say till death do us part or you know you want to die with your spouse and it never really happens that way but like just the the fact that they went together in each other's <laughs> arms is kind of like poetic beauty in a way. I don't think it was like the greatest TV show ever made or episode ever made, but it was very good. And it was a nice little story told in an hour and a half, you know, that was a long, we can't even do a right? podcast in an hour. So <laughs> it was a good hour. Yeah, and a half. So in the game, I forgot about this. There's a lot more interaction between Ellie and bill in the game. To the point where Ellie actually beats Bill with a pipe. Because, like, they break into his compound or whatever, which you see the compound in this. Like, that's very true to the game. He's kind of a prepper in the game. Uh, Joel and Ellie break into the compound, and Bill catches them, and then Ellie breaks free and beats him with a pipe. Joel stops her, and then they ask to borrow a car, but he doesn't have a car. So that's where the car thing comes in. Mm. But uh, let me see. But before this, so like Frank and Bill, they escaped before or when the <clears throat> the virus was happening. And then Frank leaves Bill and disappears. And then they go into this church, I think. So they were and together. Tess isn't as, and Tess is not dead at this point when, when Ellie meets Bill. But Bill and Frank were together before the pandemic. Because Tess It'll dies when they it. reach the first outpost. So when they reach the first Firefly outpost, that's where Tess dies. If I remember correctly. Because she does get bitten. She dies the same way, but it's not till later on when she dies. And Frank is homosexual in the game. Because yes. it says, Bill begins to tell Joel about his partner, Frank, trying to hide his homosexuality while doing so, saying he had to look after him. He finishes by saying that caring for someone is a good is good for one thing, getting you killed. Before he says more, he sees Ellie touching his comics. He shouts at her, reinforcing what he said before about not touching anything, but she replies with an obscene gesture, irritating him, which by the way, <clears throat> Bella Ramsey, that's her name, right? I do the same the thing. Actress. Bitch, don't touch my comics. <laughs> but, but uh, as far as the mannerisms and everything that of Ellie, this girl does a great job. Wouldn't you say? I don't for know. She's me, she's got the so... face of a potato, <laughs> but for me being so against her <laughs> casting, as far as her portrayal of Ellie, it's pretty spot on. No disrespect to her, because I'm sure people look at me and they're like, God, you're ugly as fuck. 
but she reminds me of the crash the crash test dummies <laughs> like yeah, her face that. is just she just like her don't get us canceled are just, <laughs> hey, i'm not i'm just saying like, her just facial expressions <laughs> are i'm sure she's a lovely person um whatever her pronouns may be but I'm just say like i'm sure she's a lovely person but i just she looked she her face just reminds me of crash test dummy I can see that. So then Bill takes them sense. Bill takes them to help them find a car. They find a they find a car, but the battery's missing. So that's where the battery thing comes in. Um they fight a bloater, you know, the ones that kind of explode. Which I can't wait <laughs> to see that on the screen. Matt. I mean one of those what? bloater zombies. Yeah. That's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, she looks like it's sloth. <laughs> she looks like sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> no, that's not nice. <laughs> look, she's look. not bad looking. No. She I mean, just doesn't look, she doesn't like, look like a crash death dummy. She just doesn't look like Ellie. And I that's just, the that's the issue I with these. I can't see it. <laughs> that's the issue with these video games is they're so realistic that i mean we all know pedro pascal and we were still like uh joel uh no right right he's growing on me honestly after episode one like by episode two and three he's kind of growing on me as joel and he was hardly in episode three i heard him cast you're like what the fuck is this yeah right you should have joel McHale play joel I don't know. It was it was a good third episode, but it I it didn't is, expect it. It. it is the soft jaw underbite. Yes, Joe, hundred percent. So they manage to reach a house where they take refuge. Joel asks what the plan is, but Bill replies that all their plans are gone. Angrily insulting Tess while doing so, Joel goes to retaliate against Bill for bringing Tess up again, but Bill stops abruptly. Joel notices that there is a hanged corpse in the room. Joel asks if Bill knows the man. He does. It's the body of Frank. Bill's former partner. He had hung himself after becoming infected, not wanting to turn into a monster. Despite trying not to let it show, Bill is saddened by his death. Joel finds a suicide note near Frank's body in which Frank tells Bill that he hated his guts. Bill is taken aback by this, but again, does his best to not let it show. He throws the note away after reading it. They find a truck in Frank's garage which contains a stolen battery. Bill finds the batteries drained. Oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. I love her 100% Lopez. I loved her in, in Game of Thrones, but I just don't. There's just better, so much better castings for Ellie, but maybe they just didn't have the money to pay those act, actors or actresses. Who knows? So Bill is mentioned by Joel a few months later when he and Ellie reach the University of Eastern Colorado. That's where the Fireflies are at. Joel states that the Fireflies could be used uh could be using the infected as a form of defense like bill did what i'm laughing at, at lopez's comment the Amazing. forehead you could land a 747 on her forehead <laughs> well try to uh, land on her but it crashed in the movie in the show it is unknown what happens to him after they left though it can be assumed he is still alive given how he never goes near infected if he can help it and fortify the church in nearby streets with several traps. Uh, events of Last of Us Part Two. Ellie mentions Bill to her girlfriend five years later while on a mission for revenge. Dina expresses disbelief at Bill having an entire town to himself. Ellie recalls Bill's traps and how Joel navigated his way through them. So it doesn't ever, he doesn't ever die in the in the game. 
I don't care. You can take the liberties you want. It was a good, it was a yeah, good story. I, now that I'm rereading it, it kind of makes sense. Like after the whole scene of like getting the car and the weapons and stuff, at from that point he is kind of a throwaway character, right? Because he he doesn't really play any plot devices. He, he's not part of any plot devices after they get the vehicle. So he's crucial to the show as far as getting them the vehicle because they drive off in a truck. But you could have done whatever you wanted to get up to that point. Yeah. Because he do- he plays no part after except for casual mentions in conversation between Joel and Ellie and stuff. Yeah. But I liked it. It's The show has grown on me. Like I was kind of on the fence about episode one, but since then, episode two was really good, and I really enjoyed episode three. Like I said, would I call it the greatest piece of television history? No. Would I call it the best episode of television ever written? No. Would you call but, it the greatest love story since the Titanic? Yes. Absolutely. I thought Nick Offerman was awesome. Yeah, Nick Offerman did a fantastic job. Although in the game, I do remember Bill being even more crusty than he was <laughs> in the show. And I could have, I would have liked that a little bit. I didn't. I would not have put that actor who played Bill to play a, a gay role. Speaking of that, they're bringing that back to theaters. JP, do you got your tickets to go see it again? What? Which one? Titanic. They're re-releasing oh, yeah. theaters over over uh, Valentine's I'm so Day. Sick and tired of James. I already Cameron. bought it. I cannot wait to take my wife to that. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, it was a good episode. I kind of feel like it was a very long episode to explain how they get a truck. <laughs> Cause that's yeah. really the only, that's really the only like lasting effect of that episode is, Oh, Joel and Ellie have a truck now. Well, I, I have to tell you that in the, in the one scene halfway through when, when Bill, right, the crusty guy gets shot, how do he survive that? He got shot right in his stomach, right? They don't really, they don't show much. Like none of those guys were versed in, medical stuff bill would have been more versed in frank you don't really know what we really don't know what frank's profession was before he met bill yeah but it wasn't like he jumped on trying to you know uh, fix the wound it just i don't know i think that would have killed in another show someone gets shot in the stomach you're done i just think well and i feel like they kind of allude to it a little bit because frank gets parkinson's and he kind of self-diagnoses his parkinson's and kind of as as you see it is in a way treating himself until the point where he doesn't want to live like that anymore so well the whole reason it's not even that he doesn't want to live like that anymore it's the fact that he's like that's my last medication yeah so he kind of takes it as a fact of there's no treating myself anymore because the medication i need is gone which isn't something that's talked about often in these zombie post-apocalyptic things is people with debilitating illnesses what do they do when the medicines run out yeah so hartman brought up a good point he says the radio plays that song at the end of episode one because they're dead is it because they're dead or is it because they're being attacked at night because it doesn't really establish a timeline no the attack is 10 years prior to them is it yeah, I gotta watch that yeah. episode again. So, yeah, okay. the attack happens because 
when he gets shot in the gut, he puts him on the table. It doesn't even tell you what happens at the end of that fight. It's just all of a sudden it's that's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I haven't watched it since Sunday. I only watched it once. So yeah, I would say, I would say the radio is indication that they killed themselves. There you go. Good job, Hartman. Yeah. I just thought how well written the dialogue was in this episode. Like there was points that kind of made me laugh. There was points that I understand that, that it was a very progressive idea. You know, the whole episode being based on two men, especially in a show that's, that's geared towards male, you know, video game sometimes. And I'm not trying to say us on the show are, but you typically see like people invested in the video game culture and comic book culture. Like you see a lot of like bigotry and, and stuff like that. And to put this kind of episode in this kind of show, where a large part of your audience could be the stereotypical people that we all three of us have met at some occasion. Right. And to sure. put a gay romance for an hour and a half in this episode, it seemed very progressive to me, but what I liked is, is it wasn't too, it was, it was done in a way that wasn't like too over the top either. We've seen a lot of projects come out with gay centric characters where it's so over the top and it's almost perpetuating a stereotype. You know, this in no way perpetuates any sort of stereotype when it comes to gay, gay men. Right. Like what was the movie that just came out that flopped in theaters? Bros. Yeah. Bros is very stereotypical is perpetuating the stereotype or, or, um, you know, a lot of this stuff is I, I can't even watch Queer Eye for the Straight Guy because I think it's so stereotypical, right? But this is two. They're just two guys being dudes and dudes yeah, being guys. Essentially, it was kind of refreshing to see this kind of story told in that fashion, where they're like, uh, <clears throat> "Do we need Bill to come out in fucking a sparkly trench coat?" No, we don't. Uh. No, it's, it looked like they were just two dudes in love and they were mainly, if that makes sense. Well, it, it seems like. You I guys mean, understand yeah, what I'm saying? Was, I'm trying not to yeah, sound I like get what you're I get it. We're not trying to get. We don't need Jack McFarlane and Will from Will and Grace. It, it, it was a different take. I'm tired of that part. story. I'm tired of that portrayal because they're not, I, not all gay people are hello, flamboyant yeah. in your face. And oh I have. Just stop just it. Please. Stop I don't silly goose. They're I don't not have, all Mr. Slave from right from South right. Park. They're <laughs> normal people. Like I don't have many dudes. gay. I don't have many gay friends, but I have enough to know that the majority of them don't act like that. Right. Some of you them do. I mean? like, yeah, and that's fine. Whatever. I've met some that are very butch and straight laced, and then I've met some like Cena Grace. He's one that's very out there and. Like RuPaul was for a long time, but there are a lot of of men, gay men, that are very much into hunting and fishing and just yeah. cars and everything that you're into. Just their choice of sexual partners is different. They're not flamboyant in your face. I really That's did cool. like the episode, and and my wife, who tends to be, you know, she grew up in a very Christian household and stuff, so she didn't have a lot of experience with that 
that kind of culture like I did, you know, being in punk rock bands and stuff like that growing up. She even she was like, oh, that was that was really good. She enjoyed it like and it was kind of a a story that she doesn't get to see often, not by avoiding it by any means, but she doesn't get to see that that side of it often. And I felt it was very true to to my experiences with gay men. Right. That's that's what kind of experiences with gay men do you have? Lance? That's one of those things I was talking about. You should pull that out. (laughs) How many pull it out? Huh? How many shots in the mouth have you taken, Lance? There's a story here. Even if I did, there's nothing wrong with with Lance because I want to hear about this, Lance. Even if I did, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying there is, but (laughs) I'm just saying that there's some stuff to unpack here. Like, Mm -hmm. I think you're you're secretly all you have to do is just go. You just got to go ask Max. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but i just say like secretly you're laying some heavy stuff here of your um homosexual past but what was cool too is that like it also didn't push it into the other direction of these guys are just constant manly men all the time either like so it throws in that scene with the strawberries where they're being very sensual and cute with each other yes do you know what i mean so i thought it was a very real representation of a typical gay relationship yes it's very much like you're in max's relationship we get it (laughs) (laughs) no it was just it was refreshing it was it was good it was good television now would i say that that's one of the best 10 best what was the article i read just the one best episodes ever written no but it was a very good episode and it could come down to potentially being the highlight of the season i hope not well, not because I'm hoping it, it gears up the action and stuff, but as far as right. dialogue is concerned and and just and just tip like storytelling, um, because the last episode, episode two, had way more action than this one. I mean, they were fighting clickers and stuff in in episode two. They didn't really fight any zombies in this one. No, except for her, like playing with that one, you know, slicing no, his just... head open and. Dude just fought that one-eyed monster that was in the other guy's pants. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought it was a very nice episode. And Lopez likes it. He said you brought that home, dude. One hundred percent agree. I um, I I it gave me a lot of faith as far as the the writing and direction could be for the next. How many episodes are in this season? Yeah, but if know? there's probably tell you 10, what, if there's ten, if there's two, if there's gay men and women in the apocalypse we're not going to survive as a race we need somebody to procreate somebody got to be out there right well that's what are you expecting like 100 percent of the population is just going to go gay i don't understand how many gay men are out there gonna have to have... change you know move in the other lane just so that we can procreate so someone's going to have to you know yeah but could you tell yourself honestly that if and obviously that is so like that situation is so above the top you know what i mean but in a post-apocalyptic setting, I wouldn't want to bring children into that world. Yeah, but there's a chance you're going to uh, survive, and and you need to repopulate. You, you gotta eventually, gotta eventually. And I would say, even if gay men, like or gay women, were tasked with that, that you, I mean, it, just because you're gay doesn't mean that that 
the deed to getting somebody pregnant is out the window. Like that can still. No, be no, that's done. what I'm saying. That would be a good episode, though, if you could. You have nothing but all gays left, and they had to repopulate, so they had to like cross border or whatever. So you, you just have it. like this butch bull dyke lesbian hooking up with this really flamboyant dude just to repopulate <laughs> the world. You know the other I mean, thing about this that that I really like too is. So we all know, well, Matt and I know from playing the first two games that the homosexuality aspect of these games has always been a strong thing, right? From the minute you play the first game, you're kind of suspecting that Ellie is lesbian, right, Matt? Yeah. So it's it's been an overarching theme throughout this whole video game. It's kind of cool that they that they started with this just to get it out of the way early so there's not all this anticipate you know what i'm saying so now they can just start with this is the world we live in early rather than <laughs> yeah. have you I ever seen how, movie, how to say it 40 year old virgin jp yeah. so yeah, it's yeah. like that scene where they're doing the speed date and, and he meets gina <laughs> like gina what's up i've been a lesbian i swore off dick for many years and now i'm trying to get back up on that pole that's what you're talking about huh Exactly. <laughs> switch it'd be the switch 100%. hitter. But dude, Going, like that's right. We yeah. all saw what you gotta do for saw, the population. We all saw a quiet place, right? Yeah. Yeah. You see how hard they had it having a kid. Yeah, you can't have oh, kids I know, in the but... apocalypse. Like look at the walking dead. Like but yeah, but it, what's the point of getting through it if you're gonna just <laughs> that's right, Joe Dillon. Well, James, JP, you're not you're not gay, so you're not. I mean, you don't know his life. <laughs> I just What's don't see mean, it JP? as that. Uh, I don't see it as that far fetched. What's this mean? Uh, they would. They wouldn't be a P. Yeah, that they wouldn't be a. I don't know. I don't really sign up. Problem. Oh. Oh. Gotcha. Oh, there we go. I saw it there. Okay. It was right after bonus. You ever get stuck with the last pick of the kickball team? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's that was using, that, that was using that's me. The, that's the now. quote of the night. That's the quote of the night. <laughs> using me. Uh oh, we're both fighting it. You do it. That's that's oh Hartman, that's the quote of the night. I love uh, it. But all right. Well, um, you guys watching anything new that you want to shout out and recommend for people? Um, I'm watching Poker Face on Peacock, which is pretty good. It's Ryan Ryan Johnson that did Knives Out. He's got another show called Peacock. Oh, yeah, with the chick from uh, American Pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also good. Russian Dolls. And then I watched The Peripheral, which I liked. Uh, that one, dude, I binged the fuck out of The Peripheral. I couldn't stop watching it. I watched the entire season in one day. Uh, if you have Apple TV and you like Ted Lasso, check out Shrinked. Uh, my wife and I, it's got Jason Segel and Harrison Ford in it. And me and my wife just started watching it. It's like three episodes so far. And it was, it's been really, really funny. Really good. And then there's Inside Man that's on Netflix. It's only four episodes. That's it. And it has... Um... Who's a purple sorry, man? Shrinking, it's called. She came out of the, of the room to tell me that. She's like, <laughs> You're fucking wrong. It's shrinking. Uh, who's the dude? 
Is it David Tennant that plays Purple Man in Doctor Who? Yes. So he plays like a priest. Um, Stanley Tucci's in it. Um, that one's pretty good. Inside Man on Netflix. Ooh, Nate Bargatze just dropped a new special. I'm watching that shit tonight. Ooh, my God. In uh, that 90s show got renewed for season two already. Of course it did. Netflix confirmed today. But nice, but they canceled Paper Girls. But that was Amazon. That was parent. That was uh, Amazon. But I heard right. that they were trying to shop Paper Girls. Is that not the case anymore? They Nobody are. Picked, they still are. I really hope somebody picks it up because that show was awesome. But uh, anybody got anything else? Tenant. Joe's Dolan says that Tenant show. What's that? David Tenant said that David Tenant show is good. Oh, the David. Sorry, I was thinking the Tenant. I thought there was a show called The Tenant. Yeah, <laughs> it is good. Anything oh. else, Lance? No, I got nothing. JP, I'm still trying to finish Daredevil, so I have nothing new to new to add to the repertoire of shows. Daredevil, Daredevil, season two. I haven't even. I got to the Punisher when he got oh, in jail. The Netflix stuff. Yeah, the Dude. old one. From oh. Years and years. What year is this? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what I know. are you talking about? <laughs> I, know. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I got to finish that first, and I have to finish. Uh, what's the Game of Thrones? Uh, House of the Dragon. I got to finish that one too. So. Way behind, way behind here. All right, well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Absolute Podcast. I want to thank you so much for everyone in the chat, Joe's Doolin, Hartman, Darth Lopez. Uh, I saw Patrick stop, jump in. Um, everybody in the chat tonight, my beautiful wife, we thank you so much for joining us each and every Friday night uh, and joining in the conversation. Uh, make sure to check out tomorrow night right here back on the channel or over on Red Vision where we have Saturday night special where we will be interviewing the one and only Tim Seeley. So we have a great comic book writer and artist um, over there tomorrow night. So come check that out. Make sure to check out the last episode of Absolute Game of Nerds. Um, they have some they have the a really good. Uh, yeah, well, I would say last because their next one's coming up Monday. So who was your guest uh, last week? Pretty big in the, the YouTube community. Last week we had Lawrence from Mighty Comics, and uh, then it's going to be a show that we did regarding um, grading books, and then our uh, next interview is going to be with Lunch Money Comics. So there you go. that'll be what's dropping Monday is their interview with Lunch Money Comics. So That's check it, yeah. back on the channel. Great job on that show, JP. For that, um, make sure to check us out on. Be right here on Tuesday and or Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, I well, actually should say Monday and Tuesday to get a look at your Marvel and DC and independent books that are releasing this week from Ish. Uh, we got a lot of good content on the channel and hopefully only to keep going and going and going. So for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I am Lance. And I'm JP. Saying have a great weekend jp and we'll see you guys (laughs) next time wash it up (laughs) wash it you didn't get that third yinzer i got it you got nah yins wash it because oh my gosh we're gonna get some oh Oh my my gosh gosh. (laughs) all you freaks and geeks Come all you freaks and geeks.
Let's listen to Absolute Geek. Absolute Geek. We'll go ahead and spread our cheeks. Spread the cheeks. And drink and some Cosby wine. <laughs> we'll Come drink on, some Cosby wine. It makes me feel real fine. <laughs> See you next time. Ooh. On the apps